I think there in the world are, like, I don't think I'm special. I think there are a bunch of different me's all around the world who have the same creative capacity, Hmm. right? Like, I'm sure there's somebody with, like, the most creativity inside them just living somewhere where they don't know anyone who is going to, like, show them what to do. They don't, Mm. like, have any opportunity to do that. And with meeting these guys, I just feel like the luckiest person because, like, I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Like, everyone brings a different part to it. And everyone brings, like, it's already there, but I see it now, like, hearing one of their inputs instead of just doing it by myself. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 111, baby. Said with confidence. Woo! One, one, one. All right, y'all. This is a good one. You clicked on it. You saw the title. Maybe you knew what it was. Maybe you didn't know. The title is B asterisk boys. The B boys. Yeah, yeah. The B boys. Gotta make sure that's how we title it. Sometime I wonder. They say they're gonna change their name. First of all, everybody, there's a rap group, a local Seattle rap group, that uh, I saw at a live show at the Crocodile, which is sort of a legendary venue here in Seattle. Nirvana played there. Lots of other people play there. But for those for those of you out of state who don't know anything about Seattle, you're not gonna know any of the bands I'm gonna throw out. You know Nirvana, maybe. but anyway, saw them super impressed. High school students. Yeah. I'm blown away, blown away by how much they've done in such a short amount of time. They're making really cool music yes. and they're doing it all together. And it's it's obvious there's this cool creative flow happening within them. So you had the idea to get them on the podcast just to hear what they're what it's like being in a band and being in high school and doing kind of your creative dreams. And so They came to our house, social distanced. With masks. With masks. You'll hear a slightly muffled, but it it doesn't distract, I don't think. But I I, I might be the most muffled. I have like a thick mask, I think. (laughs) You're extra You don't sound as muffled as I do, but I sound slightly muffled. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So they came and they showed up with big, fun, excited energy. I think that they were... Probably really excited. Best bud energy. Best buds. Pushing each other, laughing, jokes, lots of, you know, it's funny because Mace and I are like, we we work with high schoolers. Mm -hmm. So we were, we're prepared for this sort of thing. We see this sort of thing every day and it was fun. I mean, we were, we were super, I'm glad that they showed up feeling comfortable. Yeah. Same. I was, I was honestly nervous because I'm like, these people are, they're really cool and they're doing something at such a young age. Like I really look up to them and their creative processes. So I was kind of nervous, but as soon as they showed up, I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be a good time. Like I could tell they came to have fun. And I think the vibe of our podcast of being slow, we're not going to, we don't need like specific answers Mm -hmm. really gave them a lot of space to kind of just be silly, but then also go back and forth between kind of towards the end, you get so much of the heart of what this group is about and what they're going to become. Um, but in the beginning, it's just like good times and funs. We Scott brought them LaCroix and they were like 
jazz out of their minds about that, which was awesome. It was really fun and funny. Yeah, I thought I was going to, uh, we were going to have to like warm them up a little bit. Like they, maybe they might be nervous or something. Like it was, it was just, I mean, I felt like there was like chemistry at the mm-hmm. beginning between all of us. It was really fun. Yeah. And it was just easy to start the conversation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, d- I guess I do want to say I, I would encourage the listeners. I mean, first of all, creativity. I think that is on the edge of uncertainty. Like to create something is a really nerve wracking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes it takes a certain sense of like, well, I actually don't know what a song sounds like. What is music? I mean, I'm not saying that jokingly. I say that jokingly in a funny way sometimes. But like if you're going to especially make your unique stamp, you have to be like, yeah, I have these influences and I have these things that inspire me, but I'm about to do something brand new. That nobody else has ever made before Ah. just by me putting it out there. Yeah, that's so cool. I also feel like this group, this theme kind of pops up. They they began by telling their story and it started with some of them. So there's six of them that we interviewed, but it sounds like three of them really kind of together in middle school were just playing around with music and goofing around a lot goofing around a lot um but this group has evolved a lot with new members and then just changing and growing up and I think it's been it's cool to see them kind of be less certain about who they are as a band like they're it seems like leaning into almost an uncertainty of wanting to change things up change what people think of them enter into a more uncertain place as a band so that way they can kind of be freer to create new projects not linked to maybe that older that their older stuff. Dang. It's it's you always a, say it so well. I really feel like <laughs> I was really inspired by this interview. I found myself kind of thinking a lot about some of the things that they said and thinking a lot about the decisions that they're making as a group yeah. and and feeling inspired by honestly their honesty, their willingness to kind of put themselves on the line. Um their their openness to evolving. Yeah. I feel like we always talk about youth being prophets and I feel like that was like, that's the case in this interview. You really like, especially towards the end, um, hear them speaking a lot of wisdom that I think all of us can learn from. Yeah. Also like we've done two episodes on friendship and I think we have another episode coming soon. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, we just sense it. We just yeah. sense it coming. Yeah. And this is like a friendship episode too. Yeah. It know? kind of totally yeah. is. Cause that, that's, at the end, I asked them their favorite part of being in this group and their friendship. You can just felt it from the beginning, but it was sweet to hear them kind of articulated at the end, just how important the community that they provide each other is in mm-hmm. terms of like their own creative processes. Yeah. And I just think with no small thing and B boys, like it, the, the stars aligned perfectly for us to be able to do this interview right now. I feel like they could get super big someday and then we won't be able to talk to them. But like, we're also not the type of podcast where we could reach out to like a famous person and our followers, like in terms of the amount, we have great high quality followers, but nobody would look at us and be like, Oh yeah, this podcast that has 2000 Instagram followers. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I just feel like we're both, we're both currently with our podcast and the B boys and their music, at a mutual place where we mm-hmm. can sort of talk to each other about these things. And that just felt really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, do you want to say anything else? I guess I would just say, if you don't know who these guys are, I highly do recommend checking out their music. Like, yeah, it's good. It's especially if you do like more like experimental hip hop type stuff. Um, 
And uh, let's see. I'd also say as you listen to the episode, like it does start off fun and funny. So I would recommend just indulging in that and enjoying that because it sets you up to enjoy the deeper reflections later because you really do just to get to hang out with them for a little yeah. bit and hear them interact with each other and laugh. And Well, and I think that that also is so much a part of their music. Humor is what seems to have started their music. And yeah. I think that that remains a theme throughout of like sometimes humor is what is, they're creating. They're creating yeah. that in their lyrics and and kind of the vibe that they're putting out there so check out their it. music i mean it's hard to find i i, I asterisk boys the asterisk is the key space boys oh oh <laughs> yeah. see there it is <laughs> but they are on apple music and spotify and soundcloud and we're gonna drop some to. of their music into this episode yeah so. oh stick around if you're like a fan <gasps> because yeah. this episode will end with a preview i say i guess of their, their one of their album. new songs yeah, yeah. Um, which we got to like have a listening party here. It was so Which cool. that was like the kindred spirit vibe too. It's like you and I both obviously love a good listening party. We love to sit and listen to a song and, and you could tell like they have put so much, like to see the energy in their body language when one of their songs was on, you could tell mm-hmm. when like a chord they like was about to happen or like a switch up or anything that you could tell like they'd all look at each other. They all knew the part was coming and you and I, Love that sort of thing. I know we sat and listened to one of their songs that's like eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite moments of the whole thing. And I've listened back to that song so many times now because I'm nostalgic for listening to it with them and seeing them get so excited and so proud of mm-hmm. their parts in it. Well, the, it's too. Well, they did one of the things that I love, which is like that felt really indulgent as they really explained yeah. that how they yeah. created that. And now I'm like, now we got to listen to it again because I've listened to that and I don't I haven't appreciated it on the level I will now appreciate it on. But man, yeah, I guess it was, dang, it was just so fun. We hope you enjoy it. I hope you guys have a good time. I hope you feel inspired. Um, Yeah, enjoy this. And then we'll be back next week for an episode on defense mechanisms and white supremacy. Yeah, holy smokes. What's going to happen? We're excited. Uh, Also, B-Boys, if you're listening to this, thank you. We had so much fun interviewing you. Oh my gosh, we love you you so much. Yeah, big fans. We're your friends now. (laughs) Can we be your friends? Okay, (laughs) hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. Okay, we're recording now, and we are with the, the American B Boys. Is it B Boys or American B Boys? It's just B Boys. Just B Boys. As of right now. Okay. We're here with the Just B Boys. We're here with Just B Boys, and and they're gonna go around and introduce themselves. Hopefully. No, that's fine. Sean is tampering with our equipment. I'm Rohan Ramden. I'm Sean Kelly. I'm Diego or Avant Green. I'm Solomon Kruger. Grady Spores. <laughs> I'm Zane. Oh, Zane Crawford. These are very dramatic introductions. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you three share that mic and you three share that mic. That's what I was going for. <laughs> okay, the first thing we want to hear from you guys <laughs> is how the group got started. And we, uh, if you can turn it into a, <laughs> a story. You saw. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah. Like how old were you guys? When yeah, you I'm very curious. This, we all we all went to elementary school together. Me, Saul, and Sean. Uh, me and Solomon did um, a drama camp together that my mom runs because my mom owns a a theater company or not a theater company, but like a 
in like a fourth grade. Were we in fourth grade together? Yeah, we're in fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah, with Danny Donkey and the Vils. Yeah, we we me and Sean became friends because we we were in the same fourth grade class and we tried attempted writing like a a screenplay of some sort. Or you too did grade. in fourth grade. Yeah, it, we we got the whole class involved. It was crazy, but like, and it, it didn't end up working out because we were we were too. I think we were too dark, <laughs> kind of with our premise. What it was, was the like, premise? It was like Danny. It was complete. I never told Diego this until like much later, but it was completely ripped off, like word for word of this comic book. <laughs> I never told him. What was the comic? I I was a he, I was obsessed with pearls before swines, which oh, okay. is like this strip, this comic strip, and there's this one character who is an alcoholic donkey, and I just I just took it word for word, just like the entire <laughs> character. You yeah. got your fourth grade class to do this? Yeah, yeah. That's we tr- what well, we tried. We like wrote a script and everything. It was like the yeah, but then BoJack Horseman came out like two years oh, yeah. later and ended up, and ended up blowing yeah, it ended up blowing stuff out of the water. <laughs> I, Sean, I never want you to talk again. <laughs> okay, so where did you guys go from the screenplay? What's the next step? What's the next stage? Oh, of I the think journey? we ended up forgetting about the screenplay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we st- I think we wrote like five pages. And then jumped to middle school. Okay, That's but that started. planted the seeds. Those are the seeds. <laughs> yeah, well, of yeah the for context, uh, Solomon was super cool in elementary oh, school. So awesome. He, he was so awesome. I actually thought Solomon was cooler than I was when I was in elementary I school. <laughs> <laughs> I had Nike shorts. And like the really tight, like l- what's the word? Um, polyester Nike shirt. Oh yeah. yeah. To me, that was awesome as fuck. And like kind of like a sun oh, am shirt. I, am I allowed to swear? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah go ahead and swear. swear. <laughs> cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just let's say a swear word. I I was in the drama camp with Diego's mom in sixth grade in the summer, and then Diego and I thought it was really funny that one Nicki Minaj song where they were like. You get higher than a mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then we kind of became Starships. friends. Starships. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I... Uh, <laughs> oh, and also my um, my friend Jordy, shout out Jordy, uh, wanted to make this... He was like... He had this like movie idea. Was was Jordy in the camp? I actually Yeah, no, it was a Christmas movie. And then we were like, we're going to make the soundtrack for your Christmas movie. It's yeah. going to be really fun. And you guys are like seventh grade at this time? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Like wow. Sixth grade. What, are, what are you guys using musically? GarageBand. We're using okay. GarageBand. We didn't even use instruments. Were you at like we just recorded or something? We used Apple Loop. Wait, wait, wait. No, we didn't use any Apple Loop. What, what we just recorded it. Aca- we recorded it acapella. What was the question? What, was the question? what, what middle school were you at? Oh, X time. Oh, X time. Yes, but at the time, this was like in between fifth grade and okay. our entrance into uh, sixth grade. Um, but we made like a like a five song Christmas album in like August. Um, <laughs> I gotta hear that at some point. Yeah, I, I no. think it's gone. <laughs> okay. I can't find it anywhere. I think Jordy has it. I remember he told me that he didn't want to use it for his movie. Yeah, he said it was. He said horrible. it was. He, he said like, it was bad, was... and I took a hella offense to it. <laughs> I was like, you. I was like, asshole. <laughs> and then in I'm in kidding. seventh grade, I'm kidding. I was wrong. <laughs> I was very wrong. We did. Sorry, a, we did another Christmas album in seventh grade. This time on GarageBand. Oh, yeah. No, the like first loops. one was called Merry Freaking Christmas when we were in sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, there was sort of a shift, so we called it Merry Fucking Christmas. And so the first you know, song on the album is called Merry Fucking Christmas. And then we, we, we just found some, like, we, I think we looked up, like, Christmas trap beat or something. And... 
there, there's a song about like an elf uh. on there about how he was like exploited oh, yeah. as a worker and how he was like not having a no, good time with Tele- Tele- Santa. I, it's, it's awesome. It, it says a lot about like I think it's there's a lot of social commentary in that track yeah. that Dang. I think would later move into that. our music. <laughs> in the- we gotta find that. Uh, no, that was just like well, well, like seventh graders writing or like young people writing serious music is just going never going to work usually. <laughs> so. <laughs> Or for us, maybe because we are we're very unpoetic. Okay, but, but you, I feel like you guys obviously had a lot of fun doing that together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was like that was how um, we came to love making music. Was just like messing around. Well, mm. it's like always about fun. It's always what yeah, you want to say. Yeah, it's always been about fun. And so being in middle school is like, well, what do I want to say? I don't mm. really know anything, so I'm just gonna like make a bunch of jokes. Mm-hmm. Were they regrettable? Maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> like I. I don't know. It's always been about. Yeah, we're huge. We were hu- yeah, we were huge on like internet and like we we would watch like me and Salman would used to watch like Archer and oh, South yeah, Park, Archer. and I think that's where a lot of our humor spiked from. Oh, when, yeah. um, there you go. When the whole that says el- a lot. Yeah, that says that says a lot about the music. We ended up making. We also loved like Bo Burnham. Oh, I, as, oh yeah. As my, I don't. Want, I mean, I'm not gonna be ashamed. I love that. that. I love. He's I love awesome. Bo Burnham. I saw he, when I saw him in person. I was like. Ah. Oh, yeah, we we saw. I don't know. It's like, like six five. He wrote that movie eighth <laughs> yeah. grade and like made all. Of uh, it. Yeah, I feel okay. like Bo Burnham is is sort of a role model for he, me. He in got those me going. Aspects because he 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 himself has like acknowledged his like. Um, I remember he was talking about like his old music, like the the song about that the song about uh, Anne Frank that he said he he like criticized himself and during the during the time of like Make Happy, I think. I don't know. Something about his growth inspires me. Mm. Oh, there you go. Mm. Yeah. There I mean, go. Eighth Grade is a really profound movie. Yeah, so. that, that's why I love it so much. Is yeah. cause it Did that really, come out it really tries when you guys were eight, in Eighth Grade? We, we were in freshman. We were okay. freshmen. Wow, okay. So we just came out of it, yeah. and we were like... You're wow. like, that is the Eighth Grade life right there. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah. wait, right. so oh, it's you two... Yeah. And no, actually, you three who are kind of this band, or? Oh, yeah. So, so, so far, it's Sean, Diego, and Solomon. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, in eighth grade, <laughs> we started doing it more. Eighth and then sh- we were just hanging out with Sean. Then we started doing it. We made like a. F- we ended up just like. Um, <laughs> so, we, we were called Bukaki Boys because ah. I was watching Dan and Phil. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, deadass. <laughs> Dan and Phil actually were super influential to me because he was like, um, Yo, oi, Phil, don't Google Bukaki. <laughs> That's disgusting. And I Googled it and I was like, Yo, this is hilarious. <laughs> and so <laughs> then I called Diego. And I was like, We should be called Bukaki Boys. Live from also, the podcast. I found out about Odd Future because I was on Dan Howell's Spotify and he was yeah. only following Odd Future. And I was like, Odd Future? And there was like Tyler, the creator. And I was like, mm. Oh, I know who that is. And then. That was super influential, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So Dan and Phil are the, the originators of everything. <laughs> I would have to say so, yeah. I would have to odd, say, like, you feel I like Odd Future is a huge inspiration? Yeah. 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 I would say um, uh, when, like, I was, when, when I started getting into actual music and stopped listening to the Bo Burnham stand-up, I, 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 looked, I remember I looked up, like, top 
top 50 albums for 2015. And then I found To Pimp a Butterfly and that like, that oh, that, super, that helped. Yeah, that like that like spiked my yeah. interest in music <laughs> by like a hundred percent because that album is just so. And uh, Flying Lotus and is big on Tobimbo Bar. An incredibly yeah. well written and good kid, yeah. Mad City. Also, well, we were we were in Hot Topic. I remember Diego. And yeah, I, and Wesley's theory came on on yeah. the monitor, and I was like, Yo, Whoa, we were we were like, yeah, it was insane. Sorry, we yeah. I remember when we went to we were at we. And the I remember in on the, the remember on the same day we <laughs> saw we saw <laughs> our, one of the best days I'll ever remember. What's the name of the one thing from Taco Bell that only existed like the the quesarito the quesarito no no the quesalupa the, the quesalupa we had the quesalupa and then we snuck into Deadpool <laughs> and then and then we went we went back to we went back to Saul's house we went back to Saul's house and watched and watched the crazy. Um, Grammy performance that he gave. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. so awesome. Was it the one where he kind of comes out? <laughs> in, yeah, he comes out with clothes? like the yeah. I think the Top Dog Entertainment crew is that who it was. I don't and then know. I don't and know. then at the end it's like a big picture of Africa and it says Compton in the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. It was and then Taylor Swift won. <laughs> yeah, isn't that? Yeah, <laughs> the Grammys doesn't care about. I do remember that because uh, my daughter. Uh, was rooting for 1989 to win, and I was rooting for To Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "Oh yeah, in your face, Taylor Swift won." And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, like, like I, no. I kind of like that Taylor yeah. Swift album yeah. when it came I out." I feel like she would disagree now. Have you seen the yeah, video? Yeah, and then um, somebody, Lamar. somebody <laughs> next year won, beat uh, Lemonade. I think it was Taylor Swift won again over Lemonade or something. No, bro. Yeah. no, really? Some some white person won over Lemonade. <laughs> Wait, I think I uh, know. I, I know who you're talking. Oh, oh my God! He's so scandalized <laughs> by somebody winning over Lemonade. <laughs> Okay, so you're starting to become a little bit more inspired. It's not a joke. I mean, to a certain extent, though, that's sort of Odd Future's journey. They started off yeah. as most... John, you want to say something? Yeah. It was still a joke for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even though the... it's, I remember uh, one of the things when we were, like, first making a song was, like, they were trying to... Diego and Saul were trying to rap. Um, they were, like... This decade free. Some of them, uh, they were they were trying to do. Oh, yeah, they're trying to do for free off to <laughs> pimp a butterfly, <laughs> and then we like turned around and we were like, let's make this song called Fat Albert. That'd be that'd be funny. <laughs> so uh, I mean, even though there was that like incredibly creative inspiration, it, it still took a long while to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was still... You were experimenting. No, I just feel like you're naming the things that got your attention early on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Another thing, um, let's see, like, you, do, are you guys familiar with Joji? Or, like, no. Filthy no. Frank? No. Oh, oh man, that was, a, that was another thing. Is that a group? No, that's a, it's a, he was a YouTuber. He used okay. to make, like... Now, now he's a pop star. What is your he generation like a, called? Is there a name for your generation? Gen Z. Z. This is Generation Gen Z. Z. It is. Yeah. It is. I a do think Generation Gen Z, Z is more like YouTube because, like, heavy. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, no, Filthy Frank was like all over the internet when we were okay. growing up. And then he made, he made the, these albums with this character called Pink Guy, <laughs> <laughs> and we thought they were really funny. <laughs> we were like, "This is awesome." Yeah. Not um, so. I, I remember like Pink Guy, like my f freshman year, I think, of high school, um, when I like just knew these guy by association from Instagram. Really. Oh, talk album. closer to your mic. Oh, he released this song, or this album. <laughs> Shut up. 
<laughs> he released an album called Pink Season, and it went, like, number one on iTunes, and Diego was like, yo, you gotta listen to it, man. And I listened to it 30 minutes of the way through, and then I had to turn it off, because it was, like, it, uh, it was incredibly disturbing to me at the time. Kind of fast forward, just basically, uh, what, what happened was we made a bunch of joke music. We made, like, three mixtapes from eighth grade to freshman year. And yeah. Yeah. But they, yeah. no, they, but they it was just suck. People yeah. liked them. People liked them. People liked them because they were funny, yeah. and the production value went up every yeah. time. Yeah. Because in the first album, it was just Garage Band. Ron actually made one of the beats for it. Wait, what song? He didn't did want to associate with us at all, <laughs> and so he. Oh, he made yeah. he made um because they were too goofy. Th- he made a thousand miles off of uh, <laughs> Va- Bukaki Boys and, Volume and Three, I wanna and I and I want to fuck the Loch Ness monster. Are you proud of that one? And, y- and he suggested <laughs> that one. So how do you? Yeah, I'm proud of that one too. What? I, because it's hella funny, dude. I want to. Can we play? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you should do that live next time. But it's just making songs in Solomon's basement. Yeah, it was like yeah. Solomon's basement was really an inspiration because just like this, it's like a dumpster fire of a basement. Bro, no carpet, offense to Solomon. The carpet is stripped right now, and it's just oh. even worse than you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It, it was so a long. it was like a grunge aesthetic. Yeah, back you were in like living day. into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, wait. So you made those three albums. Then what happened? I can I can explain what happened. Okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> Grady has the mic for the first time during this interview right now. So yeah, here's here's my time. Grady to looks super hot. Just for everybody listening. Let's let's for let's the listeners track. at home. <laughs> for the listeners at home, yeah. where so did you get your ideas from? It was yeah. me, Rohan, you, and Zane joining at about the same time. And we were all like, okay, we got to, we'll join, but they got to change the name from Bukaki Boys to B-Boys. Z- Did you Zane guys, like, recruit these guys? Zane and Grady joined before me. Well, it just sort of, ha- it kind of happened naturally. We were just, Zane was in this group with our friend Hendrik. He, had, he was in this rap duo, actually, and it was called Great Connections. And, the, and they actually had, like, a concept for it. Yeah, their music, their music was super awesome. I I've always been friends. Well, well, for at least like middle school, we were like me and my friend Hendrik. We'd made this group to kind of like mimic what they were doing, almost just to like for like fun. It was like it was like completely for fun, right? It was like it was like kind of like joke rap again. But we made like a couple. We made like a couple songs. They're all so bad, like so bad, like probably worse than the stuff that they've made. <laughs> and then. Like I, I don't know what kind of happened. We, I just kind of started hanging out like more with them, and then like was with them while they were making music, and that was like the period where they started kind of wanting to transition to like more like actual music, you know, like not serious, but like putting more effort in. And then Saul was just kind of like, "Do you want to join? Like, why not? I think it'd be cool." And then I, it was just kind, it wasn't like anything special. It was kind of like, "Okay, sure." And then it just kind of happened. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I went to um, a Catholic K through eight. I was Christian for the first fifteen years of my life. Okay. okay. You, weren't, you, you weren't Catholic. I was Catholic Christian. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Now can I have my time? Yeah. Jesus <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> um, Some really good clarity. I, I went to a uh, I, I was Catholic Christian for the first fifteen years of my life, and so I didn't know any of these guys at all. I only knew Diego because he followed me on Instagram and I followed him back. Oh, yeah. um, 
We actually the first thing we talked about was Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Yeah, he released I'm a new special. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Huge Did you role. go to like yeah. Villa Academy or something? Where'd you go? No, I went to Assumption St. Bridget. Assumption St. Bridget. Uh, I fucking nice. hated it. Okay. Um, but I graduated. I went to Roosevelt because so I was like, public school. This will be cool. And it was for the most part. Um, but I didn't actually make music at all until like June of my freshman year. Um, the end of my freshman year, Diego sent me one beat and I was like, I bet I could do that. And I couldn't. So I was like, oh, I should probably get better at that. And then I just kept on making beats. And then around the time that they got to making the third volume of, of, of their Bukaki Boys tracks, the, mag, the magnum <laughs> opus, what one, one might call the peak of Bukaki Boys. I, I love made that this all beats. does start. start is Buka, is B a, a placeholder for Bukaki? No. no. Okay. It, it, was just, it was just a lazy, uh, lazy okay. name crossover change. name change. With, with an asterisk, because the asterisk was awesome. So, back to the... <laughs> Back to Canon here. Okay. Um, <laughs> Canon. <laughs> there, was, yeah. there was not like, I wouldn't <laughs> say that there was a specific time where we were like, okay, now we take this seriously. It was more, I think we're just going to do whatever we want to do, like to have the most fun making music. And then it just shifted naturally to like, okay, take this more seriously making yeah. music you're getting that's older, of higher quality. So I feel like you're just able to think about things more complexly and have right. different themes to think through. So then every, at this point, you three then joined. Yeah. So then it's and you're like, like freshman so in high school? One day. Sophomores. This is like Voltron <laughs> forming. For me, for me, I just had been making beats like off and on on GarageBand because I've always been involved with like school jazz. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was doing that and then just came to them with beats. I was like, here. So how did it work with six people now working to kind of create this music? So yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. We made yeah. cheerleader and Ro- yeah, and cheerleader wasn't really. He only produced the last track and had a verse on the last. No, track. he produ- He didn't only produce. He produced pirate. Oh too. my god! He produced yeah. pirate. He showed us it while we were still technically Bukaki boys, but trying to transition into the next thing. And, were you and guys sad to lose the name, or were you guys ready? No, it, it, that no. was like the le- we were okay. just awesome. We were just like um, something interesting. I don't think I've told you guys about the pirate beat, but at the time, because pirate was like a beat that I actually made. It was supposed to be like a sea shanty, and then I turned it into a beat um, just for fun. But at that time, I was I was like I don't think I don't even know if I was diagnosed yet, but I was coming to like terms with my obsessive compulsive disorder, mm. and I was in a really bad like. I don't know if you could call it like a depressive spot, but like I played them that beat and they asked me to send it to them. And I was so anxious that I like mm. couldn't make myself send it to them. And the oh, only okay. reason that like I ended up keeping on making music from that point was basically because they forced me to send it to them. So that, that was a really important hallmark for me. That. It low key pulled me out of like that's a super that's anxious, awesome. anxious space. Yeah. You heard it here first on No Small Things. <laughs> pirate was a hit. Yeah. <laughs> pirate oh, was a hit. No, Pirate was an unexpected hit. Pirate is how we. Met the boy Yunhead. I don't know if I've one heard of our, Pirate. Is one that of our great mutuals and inspirations? Pirate's one of the music videos, and I mean, like the the hook is good. The verses aren't amazing. <laughs> is it it's on SoundCloud? The, I, I would say yeah. the extended verses kind of go crazy. It does. Yeah, Sean's verse is still good. Uh, B asterisk boys. And it's see that's oh gosh, are you guys on Spotify? Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the other. I can't find you on Spotify. I've been yeah, listening to you on SoundCloud. Cool. So <sighs> we're all right. What's the, business, the so what's the album that <laughs> looking for a new name? What's the you album are? that Pirate is yes. on? Uh, cheerleader. <laughs> cheerleader. 
Let's can we listen to a part of well, it? Really we'll quick? get there. Yeah, go for it. Oh, oh. Um, you can you can skip yeah, the first thirty that. seconds if you want, or you can no, listen, let's, to let's listen to the first. Let's fun. listen to the let's listen to the whole thing. Let's let's do a. Let's it's do a. a um, I, I, we understand that. We've listened to your albums. Yeah, we know you've changed. <laughs> So the way that Let like Zane go handle that. <laughs> so so Grady got into the group because he played in their beats. Zane got into the group because uh, he was like already making music, and I was in the group because a pirate, basically pirate. <laughs> and then also, I got roped in further because they asked me to film some of their music videos because I do short films and like video oh, cool. cinematography and editing and stuff. Um, and so I did those, and then I I did pirate. And then I was basically like, oh, fuck it. I'll, I'll do this with them. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of when we started kicking into gear for Field Trip, which was like our first, our first real problem, uh, project. Because we did Cheerleader, like the five of them, all in like Solomon and, and Diego's and Grady's house, like just stacked up. You can, in, in like Cheerleader, you can slowly start to hear like, not potential, but like, like stuff. Like there's like certain songs and certain like parts where you're like, okay, like this is... Kind of cool. musical sense. Yeah, like it actually, I don't know, it's like kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Um, There's no like song on Cheerleader that I would say that I would like go to and listen. Yeah. Like, just to listen to it, you know? Well, s- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Special. I was Special, gonna, I was maybe. Be like, ah, oh, no, then we have a great song on there. No. But then, but then Field Trip, there are multiple, so. Field Trip, yeah. So the, Field the Trip's story- your most recent? No? Second most recent, Second Second most like recent. about a year ago. The, the okay. story with Field Trip, I guess, was I love Field Trip. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's our favorite project of ours. Me too. too. Other than the one that we have coming right now. That was rude. Um, <laughs> even more than Trackstar. <laughs> what? What's Die. the most recent? Trackstar is most recent. The okay. Most, the one that you we like have Field Trip right more than Trackstar? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll get there. By a decent margin. We can, we can tell I tell you, uh, I'm looking at uh, Field Trip right now. I love Polka. Yeah. I love Cupid. Polka, the story, okay, so a lot of the beats off of Field Trip, Trackstar ended up being what I thought Field Trip would be, and Field Trip ended up being better than Trackstar, which is fine with me, um, because I wanted... I don't know if I totally agree with that, but it's your music. I I wanted, like, Field Trip (laughs) to be more industrial, because I was getting into, like, I make very, like, um, electronic-influenced, like, sort of synthetic textured music. Yeah, just like Skrillex and Diplo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like Dead Mouse, actually. Uh... (laughs) No, so I, Guys, he's I I really wanted it to head Guys, that direction, so I made us beats like uh, the one for George Bush, and and some other ones. That's a fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> George George Bush is pretty fun. Um, and then as I as we got further into the process, 
Um, I remember the, the day that, like, why the fuck are you guys laughing? <laughs> okay. I, I, I was thinking of, you remember? <laughs> Unrelated, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of little Dicky show, Dave. <laughs> you guys went to a little Dicky show. I am Dave. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm so sorry. everybody, the B-Boys are just having a good time. And honestly, this is the type of energy I'd want for most interviews. Like, just oh, let loose, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, okay. Ron, continue. I'm so sorry. All right. Sorry. No more. Okay. You guys, look at me. Look at Everybody look at me in the eyes. I'm your father. I'm so sorry. Uh, there's been some behavior here that I don't think any of us would condone. And I, I want your word. Look at me. Don't laugh. Oh, I can't look at you. Are you, are you channeling like a really Yo, stern teacher? Yeah, right channeling now. a father. Give me a second here. <laughs> Rescue mittens. Hey, Solomon. Solomon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, That's one no, of your okay. lyrics, right? Somebody says, I'm already a disappointment to my father or something. That's oh, I, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. My, my dad liked that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so the, the day that Field Trip started to come together for us, I think, was this one day when I think it was Saul, Zane, and Diego all came over to my house, and Grady's house uh, was at that point, and still is really, sort of where we make all of our music, because it's like, he's it's developed a fucking studio in his basement that's incredible. He's just done so much work on it. There's an Xbox. There's a pink, there's a pink TV? <laughs> Big TV. Can we make a pink? We used to have a microwave, but it burned the wall behind us. Dang. This is so special. Yeah, I know. We it found it for free, I think. Yeah, oh, was it in my neighborhood when yeah. you were waiting? <laughs> they were like waiting for me to get ready to leave, and then they got a microwave. It was a garage sale. I picked up a bunch of records. Yeah, yeah, and you got the microwave. I got. There, I found like yeah. this Isaac Hayes that was crazy. The and I got the microwave at the same time. It was all free. Yo, dude, do you guys make mac and cheese in there? No, why? But it burned the wall. Remember? Oh shit! Yeah. Um. But okay, the day that field trip really started to come together. Uh, so around that time, I was listening to a lot of this artist named Tom. I'm Ben Shapiroing it on the mic. Sorry, I need to talk slower. Oh, the day you're doing great. <clears throat> the day that uh, Ben our sort of ideas it. of the album came together, <laughs> I was really listening to a lot of this artist named Tom Mish, who does like R and B and sort of just like funk songs and stuff like that. Huh. And he had this song called Crazy Dream that I was just obsessed with. And the day before all the boys came over, I was listening to that song and I was like, Oh, I want to make a, a beat that feels like that. And so I laid down these really heavy synth chords and this sort of like drum beat that was really similar to the song. And I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound much like Crazy Dream, but I named it Crazy Dream. The boys came over the next day um, and Grady had left his mic with me because Grady was on a vacation. And I was really, really intent on making myself seem cool. So <laughs> I played them that beat and they were like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was like, yeah, I could probably just lay down some vocals on it right now if I tried. And then unintentionally, this, this, this is like a year and a half of <laughs> uh, I think the virus the virus was announced in December of 2019 and then the rollout was like February the to March rollout. or was there the release of the virus did they delay it or was that just a delay on the quarantine <laughs> I laid down the course for routine which is like uh, one of my favorite songs of ours it's a great song um, and then we ended up laying down some verses on George Bush and some verses on Cupid that day and we just sort of like kept those that was a really good day for making music and we just sort of kept those in circulation around the chat and we were like oh okay so this is what this is what the album is and we actually released routine really early on i think we love yeah we were obsessed with routine and i still am honestly it's a great tune so there was there was that day where those songs came together and then the last song in the album called april 2019 Holy which shit. is like probably my favorite song we've ever made yeah, yeah. wow you you could say it's based. So 
I the, the story the story behind <laughs> April 2019 is like wait can, hold on what, what was the first one you were talking about Rohan when you routine? were like trying to be cool you said yeah routine routine can we play the beginning I, of that I don't can even I play the beginning of that and then we can talk about yeah. April all right you're you're gonna play is it off did your did your thing turn off oh there it goes fuck since yeah. who was the guy you were inspired by again uh, Tom Mish. I just wanted to get, like get a sense. All right, now you're gonna talk about April twenty ninth, two thousand eighteen. Oh, yeah. April twenty nineteen. Also, just listening to that, uh, it kind of reminded. me. So you can hear like the production value and like the quality of the mixes going yeah. up with each album, because in cheerleader times, like none of us knew how to do any of the engineering yeah, side yeah. of things. But then later that year, like I started getting way into the into that further and like learning how to mix learning how to master and like track vocals uh so yeah that's yeah so i'm i'm just yeah i'm just putting myself yeah, on right now. Awesome. Um, i mean it kind of uh i mean it's a different vibe but like it kind of rem- it kind of puts me in the same mood because you're talking about your routine of like uh kendrick's bitch don't kill my vibe you know it's just mm-hmm. like I've got my thing going on. Don't interrupt me. It's my routine. Yeah. I think that close <laughs> just sort of and then you what I ended up coming up with at the moment. Because I literally didn't have anything down. I, was just, I just recorded the first thing I thought of, and then I layered it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe it is not as... Apologize. I, I assume that Kendrick thinks harder about his lyrics than yeah. I did in that moment. But, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. 2019, who wants to start oh. with that? So uh, April 2019, yeah. we had this day... Where oh, Diego yeah, dude, like Diego basically had this vision. I'm gonna pass it to him in a second, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna okay, say you Okay, so he has this awesome. vision, and I won't yeah. let him talk about it. That's what you're saying. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna because you're, I'm gonna you make him sound logical fallacy. I'm gonna right make now. him sound Double super cool, and then hand the mic over. No, 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 listen, Watch this. Listen, listen, listen. He had this profound vision for this song that played out exactly, and it made just the song incredible. So here's him? Diego on that. Okay, excellent. Okay, Diego. Jesus. Just like people like Grady don't make sense to me. Yeah. So like in so like in March. <laughs> uh, we had this beat called Special Two. Yo, it was it was it was the sequ- oh, it was shit. the sequel to Special, and and I was telling everyone in B Boys this is this beat is a hit, and Grady was like, this is hella mid. Hey, I made that beat too, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, you're tripping because this beat is very not mid. <laughs> and one day I just I just came up with that opening and I just wrote it down exactly how it was. And had that exact melody and that like yeah. that like that piano with like the crazy like the like switch up that yeah. like happens. Yeah, so I came up with that. <laughs> and then and then oh I just came back from the hospital actually when I was it was like June. And like I spent the night there and it was like probably one of the worst nights I've ever had. And then I and then and then I watched and then and then I watched Toy Story 4 with Zane. Oh, 
And then I went to Rohan's house. And then I was like, yo, I have this crazy verse. And then I just rap it. And it's so awesome that <laughs> that everyone is just in the room like, holy shit. This is it. And it was it. We just knew that. And then later that night, I spent the night at Zane's house and I recorded that outro where I'm just talking about, like, I just came out of the hospital or whatever. And I was like, I don't know. I, Yeah. Is uh is it is it the last song on the album? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 April. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. This so is so special, good. This is the good stuff right here. Special was the closing track on Cheerleader, and it was kind of important because it was the first time that we had ever sort of written anything serious. Like my my verses on that song were kind of silly because I wasn't a part of the group and I was just sort of mm-hmm. literally Diego pulled me into a jazz practice room in the school and was like, "Here, record what you have in your mind." And I was like, "Ah, uh, steal your bitch, call it manifesting destiny," and that was. That was kind of the vibe of like that last hmm. song. But Diego yeah. had this really great um, like closing verse where he just like went on for a, uh, a whole minute. And uh, he has this, this line, like, April, April 2018, I, I tried to hurt myself. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why it's called April 2019. It's a yeah. sort of a reference to the, that. The, the progress it, it, there. Yeah, sort of the progress. They're like, oh, cut to a year. Where are we? Even though the album was released in July. So not, yeah. not on quite July perfect. July 4th, by the way. B-Boys Day. Um, <laughs> so, oh, no. You, no. Um, well, I think all of our verses on that song, like if we're relating it back to the, oh, April 2019, April 2018, the worst I ever felt, and then naming it April 2019, like, oh, it's a year in the future, we've moved past that. Everyone's verse on the song is kind of like our struggle mm. throughout the year, it feels. And because it's like, there are multiple different instrumentals on it that were pieced together over the days that we were working on it. Mm. Because Diego had the, like, there's a choir bit on it. Um, so Diego wrote that, and then Grady and I went, and we picked up all these people from Roosevelt <laughs> who were in choir. We were like, hey, do you want to sing? Do you want to sing? Do you want to sing? And we brought them back to his house, and then we got, like, 15 people to yeah. sing that part. Hmm. And and so, I don't know. Like, the vision came together for that, and then everyone got to express how they felt about the whole year. And then Diego ties it together at the end with the monologue. And it was like his like idea at the start. It just feels like so special. Yeah, vision. And, and the, the day that we made it was actually kind of crazy because we didn't know that it was going to happen because it was like two days before the album was supposed to drop. We were supposed to have our listening party. And we were like, okay, do we want this last fucking blowout track that we had the idea for yeah, we, um, or not? And Grady, I think... Well, he came over to my house, and I, I just exported all of the stems for all the different beats. I put them into one project, and then I was playing Grady like another beat, and he was like, oh, that's crazy. We need that. Yeah, like, so okay. we just had these d- four different sections of that song just all put together that morning. And I had I, people come over to my house throughout the day, mm-hmm. and then I stayed up the entire night just sitting in my room just mixing on headphones. Yeah. And, th- and one of the... Dang. The, the things because the because with. listening party was like the next day, so yeah. I, had to, yeah. I, I had to export all the stems for Grady, all the individual tracks because there were like two hundred tracks just for the beat for that song because yeah. it was like the more whole, super layered. The whole thing like is four hundred forty six tracks yeah, in with a all logic the mix session. But like the original <laughs> beat I had made, you they not, were like, you're not exaggerating. No, it's four hundred forty six <laughs> tracks. There were like multiple orchestral things and like 
whole band parts that I played in. Um, so so the, the, the beat itself it. came to like almost 200 tracks, and we had to get that all to Grady, but it was more space than we had on our Google Drive. So I still have an account, like a Google account that I made called April 2019 Stems, where we just stored all the stems for that Threw one day. Threw them all up on Drive. And then Grady downloaded them and just went ham. And that whole day was insane because we were just sort of like rolling with whatever happened. We got like 40 people to come into the studio, just sing. There's this wonderful... <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of... It was probably more right. It wasn't just vocals. It was like yeah. our, our friend Marcus yeah. Teuton came. He like played a guitar solo over the part where Zane's verse is on. It's, um, we it's even went incredible. to our friend's house to try to record some drums that day. They, I don't think they ended up on the final song. Theo. Right? Theo? Not yeah. for that song, but we recorded yeah, for, we were recording but for She. For but she. Um, which is our least... Our, we hate that song. <laughs> which one do you hate? Uh, but She. Oh, okay. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mid. It's, uh, um, every single person who we talk about in that song is now our. Shotty shot me oh, up okay. the sky like L. Kanye Baron graduation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah. Kanye shot me up the sky. Shotty, shotty I wasn't talking about anyone, and that's kind of why the verse was horrible. You I didn't said have anybody. Shot me up the sky like Kanye Barrett graduation. <laughs> I didn't have anybody in mind while I was writing it, so it had no personal significance. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, the song's got to be all lovey dovey. <laughs> but it didn't, but didn't, didn't work out. There was no, yeah, no you just broke up the with somebody at that point, right? Yep. <laughs> you hate to see it. We should point. listen to April 2019. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Can yeah. we listen to the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have to listen to the whole thing. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I know. I know, but like, minutes. We I listened to it, but I didn't know one the day. significance. I was like, oh, this is a great song. Yeah. Deep cut. Dang, I'm April 2019. Let's go. It's a pretty thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. When your heart is into it, starting as strangers and learning how we are intimate. It's a scary thing, isn't it? We're given a life and it's so easy to finish it. I don't want to give a shit, I want to live my life until it's fucking over. The sun is setting as we're meant to fall slower. I hit all the holes in my walls with all the posters. Looking in fields for a poorly clover. I was sinking from the weight of all my shoulders. Not sure if I care that the end is getting
off the distance like a caught in a speed trap. Waiting for the time when I stop lost in the tooth cap. Everybody wanna know what we can blow up. I'm just wondering if y'all are gonna show up. Motherfuckers wanna know what we can blow up. But I'm just wondering if y'all are gonna show up. Yesterday I was at the hospital and I was really fucking scared. I was really nervous because I thought I hit rock bottom. And I have people beside me, I have people who look up to me, and I have people who support me and people who love me. But some, yeah, still I don't, I don't, I don't feel happy. And I guess that a lot of people feel the same way. I I I want to I want to be happy at one point. I don't I don't like my feeling, but I'm not. And I don't think you're a little either. No, no one's really. It just takes some time to figure things out. Sometimes you might need some days, and that's okay. That's because it's like it's my best friends, and just like. There's so much stuff that I need to do, but right now I'm just like, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us to do stuff, but I mean, we are doing stuff, so that's good. Yeah, so we, we kind of think that's like Bohemian Rhapsody, but better, because Freddie Mercury kind of sucks ass, but I mean, he that's tried. That's fucked up, man. He tried. He's dead. We just, that's fucked I mean, like, up. Diego's kind of the main singer, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, not to like hype us up or anything but like we're fucking filthy for that man yeah. <laughs> i mean not to like hype us up but i mean you listen to stuff like uh wesley's theory all right uh uh what, what is it called uh, mortal man from *Pimp a butterfly <laughs> it's just like it's by it's 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 like it's good no no i'm not calling it like he did a great job he tried like really hard um <laughs> And Kendrick is like, he's solid. Canceled, sure. canceled, 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 canceled. I disagree Kendrick? with this. No, I canceled. Rohan, Rohan is canceled. Yeah. Unfollow <laughs> Rohan Ramden just, on you know, all social media. Like, Unfollow she, Rohan Ramden be on all social media. <laughs> Do you guys, is T.O.P., Wrong I mean, your, uh, is Tupimba Butterfly your favorite Kendrick? Yeah, Tupimba Butterfly yeah. is my top, top album. It's so good. It's a, a perfect album. Okay, I have a few questions. That no, song was so good. Thanks for letting us listen to it. Thank you for listening to it. That. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one just for you guys. Yeah, someone else. We're not giving. Mic, I don't need to the link. The link is only only on your phones. <laughs> awesome. We've actually we've deleted it from all the other ones and texted <laughs> a to special. See you. Yeah. Okay. What were you gonna ask? Well, I'm curious. Like, who does what? Good or question. do you all do? Well, I <laughs> guess I'm starting. Um, well, I recently started producing, mostly because Same. of quarantine, uh, and I was like, I want something to do, and I don't know. I've been doing that. But but uh, yeah, I'm the rapper. So you're the rapper. Okay, Zane's the rapper. I, yeah. Okay. I I produce and then track all the songs. Or I don't produce all the songs, but I track all the songs. What does that mean to track the songs? Uh, record. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I and I do the engineering, so like mixing and mastering. That seems like the most boring and tedious part. I, I love it though. Wow, that's cool. That's it's, cool. That's what I want to do with my life. Awesome. So. And I rap sometimes, but like not really. <laughs> oh no, that's not true. Everybody say we love you, Grady. We we love you, Grady. Solomon. We love you, Grady. I will um, I'll rap, and I'll produce here and there. I've had 
maybe like a song on every album that I've at least produced a little bit of. But like Grady and Rohan are doing a lot more. And then, I don't know, creative input. Creative input. Just in general. <laughs> creative director. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I, I, I like sing and I rap. Um, I do some production for B-Boys sometimes. I'm, tr- I'm trying to... I've been practicing getting better at producing um, so I can produce more for it. But, like, these days, just, like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I just rap. Um, what? Let me do give him a real answer. Um, okay. <laughs> Rohan raps, sings, produces, and does a lot of the visual stuff, like yeah. filming music videos and album art. Your guys' music videos are so good. Thank you. That is, Thank you. yeah, yeah. I love that's also that I do also just love that you guys are fans of your stuff. Like that's yeah. sh- that's how it should be. Well, you know, we haven't right. really talked about Trackstar, so. Yeah. I'm, we can not, talk about Trackstar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's dive. Like, <laughs> I'm. I. I really like Trackstar. Thank you. I thank mean, you. do you guys want to say because I like it so much? Do you want to say anything about Polka? Because I really like that beat too. Oh my god, Pol- man! Polka yeah. is Polka's just so like fun. it was just like a playground, dude. That's that beat. Oh my god! When I heard that for I, the I first time, I think I know the the Polka beat story. Um, Rohan was with Aurora, June. I, I thought it was Aurora that was like, oh, make a no, make June, an accordion June beat. June said make an accordion beat. Oh, June said make an accordion beat. Yeah, and then Rohan like laid down some accordion, I think, from like some stock Ableton, yeah. and uh, yeah, made that beat. Oh my god, dude! I love that song too. It's really good. Rohan sent the the polka beat and the run it back beat at the same time, and it was like last year when it was snowing a bunch. I remember I was run walking home in the snow. And I just listen to both of them on repeat. And mm-hmm. I just kind of like, I guess when I walk in, when I listen to music, I'm like, ooh, do, ooh. <laughs> and you gotta yeah, get those, the flow. those really made me get into it. Yeah. It's just like, when I heard the beat, I just knew I had to start my verse with that, with that, like, I've got to get back on track. Yeah. Mm. I like it. I, I didn't know what the verse was going to be at the time, but I just knew when I first heard it, I was just like, I got to get back. On. I got to yeah, get back. Yeah. I was just like, it, it, it was just like, it it was just so ingrained, and I I feel like something in my brain was so connected to that rhythm that I yeah. just or or that idea of starting with the verse of that. that I Those were some some Zane shining moments. You could say someone yeah. say he killed it. <laughs> yeah, and also that and also that like that like open that like opening with the like what what, what and like the why are you mad to go walk or something? You should. It's the last what I want to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do oh you guys? Oh no, we should. Uh, do you guys? Do you guys listen to MF Doom? Yes. Oh, yeah. do we? Because it, it kind of reminds me of the accordion beat on one of his albums, but well, not, not like in any way like a ripoff. It's like inspired faster. by. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I know Rohan. Rohan loves that beat. Yeah. Accordion, but MF Doom. Yeah. Great. Um, and he's one of my favorite rappers too. Yeah. I love it. Is nothing short yeah. of a miracle. We, we just talked about it. Made possible only through years of research. How do they do it? Where do they find all that energy? That seemingly inexhaustible store of pep and ginger. I'm
You know, one of the things I do love about your guys' songs is that nothing really ever sounds the same. They're all, they're all very really? unique and standalone experiences. You know, that's what which is pretty cool. That's the objective. Okay, do you guys want to talk about Trackstar? A well, little bit. <laughs> well, you guys have kind of like danced around you keep, not you keep liking it. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk okay. about it. It deserves to be right. talked about. Well, I guess we should start with like the tracks. It like, does. I, it right does after, sound like production is raised a little bit more. On no, there. absolutely. No. I would say the track star production is like extremely high quality. Yeah, like we we got better at doing it. It's just the creative space we were in didn't feel as like magical or huh. whatever as it did with Field Trip. Hmm. And I think it's a very overall, it's like a sadder album than Field Trip because that's like the headspace we were in when we were making it. Yeah. Plus the, a lot of the songs on it were like, kind of were B-sides from Field Trip. So we were just Ah. taking leftovers Hmm. and kind of throwing them together. And that, and that wasn't really as fun as just making music like in the moment. There's a couple songs on the, the album that weren't, like leftovers, I guess, and those all are personally our favorites. Yeah, like what you got. I know. I mean, is that an old one? Or I know that was like a that was guys, one of your most like catchy so songs. Sixteen bars on a track that's hot. Wait, give me that one. <laughs> Who wrote Murphy's Ballad? Diego, oh, Diego wrote. Ballad. I know we Diego love Ballad. Murphy's Ballad. Like what you got? Oh, man, yeah. The, the hook, the hook on what you got, the singing, the beat. I I did all those. Um, and it was like an old draft because I, I thought I would make it because I do personal music as well. And yeah. The, name Rohan and then an exclamation mark after my name. I know. That's the thing too, is like, I feel like you guys all have personal things, but I can't find them. That's all so elusive. It's like, you'll, you'll do it in a post and it's like in the bio of this person's thing. And it's like, obviously it's a new bio now. Yeah. We got to get better at that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's Um, good. I need that. What you got was originally (laughs) going to be like just a, a song that I made, but for some reason I was being really, uh, specific about the chord progressions that I used at the time, and I yeah. was like, I used this one too much, so I just sent it to the chat, and we didn't touch on it for like five months, and then we came back and we were like, this the one, and they fucking went crazy on it. Oh no, it's so dude. good. I, love it. I fucking love what you got, dude. <laughs> Do you guys Better sample Little John in that song? No, I don't think Towards so. Towards the end, or is that just right. Diego? Like, Carpe yeah, Diem Diego is the B Boys moment to end all B Boys moments. Oh, for sure. Carpe Diem. Carpe diem. Oh yeah, right. No, no, I know. It's it's so good. It's like just the that, finale. Just of that, that song, live right? is like, man. That is that's yeah. Man. I I with our music, like, I don't want to sound too cocky. You know, like I do like everything. Like if I don't enjoy what I'm making or putting out, then what's the point in it? Yeah. Like there was this Kenny Beats interview where he was like, if you have your track, and when you put it on, if it's not like this is like this is the shit like this is awesome <laughs> then it's like not ready yet yeah it's not done yet and so like i guess we have nice things to say about our own music and i think <laughs> with trackstar we have less nice things to say because just the process in general was okay we put a release date and then we, we have to make it by that we have to make it by that date and then the we put a release date way too early and then a bunch of shit happened that we weren't planning for mm-hmm. and then like it got pushed back and then it wasn't a f- like fun finished product yeah and we have we have songs that we love on that like too damn handsome i really like mtv um, yeah no mtv's great love what you got on my shoulder uh, can't yeah. do nothing like these are all really i love these songs but like the the low points for me just like are a little too 
bitter, bitter for me. Yeah. yeah. That's not to say it's like objectively good like music because yeah. I think someone can listen to it and enjoy it like you. Yeah. But um, but for us, just listening to those songs is not what Nowhere we want. It brings not. you into a certain headspace. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's not the whole album. There's like yeah. points right. where we there, really there like it. There There's a lot of points, points where we really like it. It's just... Yeah. Like I think on... On my shoulder is one of my favorite moments in like yeah. B-Boy's discography. I I made the on my shoulder beat for. No, I made the on my shoulder beat. Oh, on my shoulder! I'm thinking of balancing act. Balancing act <laughs> is a crazy beat too, though. Yeah. Balancing act. Okay. I made that beat for. So there, <laughs> it's like my our friend our friend Tiago. Um, uh, he he wasn't the B-Boy. She's not anymore. But I made that beat for his Walt Whitman school project because he was going to rap about Walt Whitman over it. <laughs> That's awesome. But then it was way too good for a school Walt Whitman project, yeah, yeah. so we used it. And then on my shoulder, I think I was just, like, really fucking sad. That's, like around, that's a nice day. Around that time, I was just, like, really, really sad really often because my best friend had just moved to China and mm. um, my partner had just gone off to college. So I was feeling very, very wonely. Um, and it's then also good my inspiration for some art. My my stepfather <laughs> had just my mom got married spontaneously over the summer, mm. and my stepfather just moved into the house. So I was like, oh, wow. Shit. Um, and I was really sad around that time. And I just texted a chat, and I was like, Does anybody please for the fuck want to come over and make music? Mm. And Saul was like, Yes. And then he came over and we made on my shoulder together. And that was really satisfying. Nice. It was it really was nice. Like it made me very happy. Yeah. And that's that song like shines because it was just natural. Yeah, huh. absolutely. But some of the more unnatural moments in the last couple of days of making it were the most like dissatisfying. Yeah, the detrimental ones. Like, like um Boise, I love I love the the instrumental for it, but like I just don't like my hook, my my chorus, my vocals on it. That was also just like a field trip B side that I had made oh, like yeah. way earlier in the spring. And we, we kept on trying to tweak it to make it sound right. And I don't yeah. think we ever fully got it there. And like that's that's the difference <laughs> between like <laughs> Boise and the song too damn handsome like i made that on the on like a plane ride shout on out. the way back to seattle and we made it like the next day so yeah i want to say shout out annika who's on that track oh, yeah. she's fucking annika wonderful LeBand. on that song huh. she's the reason i returned to it but some people actually really love boise and i don't want to take that away from them because i think boise is a oh, yeah, i think I it's mean. a powerful song in some respects for me at least it was one of the last songs i wrote for for the album all right diego you have the microphone do you want to talk about murphy's ballad oh yeah, yeah i could talk about murphy's ballad <laughs> Wait, well, I I want to know why you guys like Murphy's. Okay, well let me first. just say I I I was thinking about saying I said this to you guys on the phone yesterday, but like I was thinking about saying this in our intro later, but I might as well just say it now because I went I went and saw you guys at Crocodile, and that's how mm -hmm. I even came up with hopefully potentially interviewing you. Yeah. Um, but I had gone to see 49th Parallel because I know some of those guys, mm -hmm. and I and I first of all I'm a pretty big introvert. Mm -hmm. I really don't like going to concerts that much. But I yeah. thought it'd be a fun opportunity, and um, you know, Macy and I work in this worked in this youth group. Well, a lot of the kids that end up showing up to this concert were at, but I didn't know they were going to be there. I thought it was going to be like an hour show. I was so it was so spontaneous, and uh, I was like, "Oh crap!" There's going to be a lot of people here, and there's like three openers. Like, I was hoping to get home by like nine p.m. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "You guys came out first, and I was like, "Oh gosh, okay, some high schoolers. Here we go." And it started with Murphy's Ballad, and I was hooked because it was, like, such a great way to start a show. And, like, Diego's sort of 
theatrical, but you guys just set the stage so perfectly because it was like Grady comes out with the piano and everything's pretty somber. So I was expecting something really like not good, you know. Um, I don't know you guys, so I was like, I didn't know. And so it was like, oh, I mean, also I'm looking at these high schoolers in the audience and they're sort of entranced. So you had them at that moment in like the palm of your hand. And maybe, I don't know if they all already knew Murphy's Ballad. I don't know if that's what they were expecting, but I think it was like showmanship. Yeah. So, and I was, I had brought a friend um, who I was like, oh crap, we're going to have to listen to this opener. And both of us <laughs> were like, both of us were like, oh my gosh, what is this? Um, yeah. And then, and then after that, like you guys all came out hard and I was like, dang, this is going to be good. You know, and I, I had so much fun watching you guys, but Thank I you. thought that was such a cool way to start a show. And I, and I was just, like, hooked by the whole thing. But anyways, yeah, now when I listen to Murphy's Ballad on the album, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is that song, you know, but... It's also just so raw. It, like, cuts yeah. right to it. It I'm does. Like, it does. It's, it feels so honest, and I appreciate that. Thank is you. It what, we, what are we running from? Is that what you say? What? What are we running from? What, that, uh, what are we running from? Show yeah. me your mind. What are we hiding from? Show me your mind. Who's yeah, and I'm, think, I'm thinking, love, like, as, behind. like, somebody that's been a youth pastor in the area for a long time, I'm like... You're looking out at this cr- crowd of high schoolers. That's a great question to be asking them, you know. Um, and I think it just got people in this reflective mode. It's great. Thank you. There's your setup to the Murphy's Ballad reflection. Yeah, I, I wrote it, like, <laughs> um, not originally as a B-Boy song. It was, like, I, I just discovered that I wanted to start producing under the name Avant Green. Hmm. When that, and so I put out this, like, little demo tape that I made. Like in like a day, and it was just like it was just like putting out all these ideas into one, into this one project file, which had like the, like I don't know if you've heard the demo EP, but it had like Mm -hmm. a it had a remix of like a six nine song, in like (laughs) nice and like a some like some is that in your Google Drive or something? How do I find it? Oh, it's on it's on my SoundCloud. I can I can show you after the podcast. Um, yeah, but um. This was like a few days before um, we before we did our show at the Skylark, I, or I think this was like the night. This yeah, this was a few days before actually, and I was like, how do I how do I end this like six minute beat project that I, I didn't <laughs> that was gonna be like super loose, so I I just like I like really quickly like I came up with these like these like really basic rip, rip like these piano chords that like kind of had like this. Just like this very, like this melancholy, yeah, slow vibe to it, and it's in like and like unintentionally in three four, also, and uh, I wrote the lyrics on like sticky notes, like and I I didn't really want it to be this big thing at first. So the original version of Murphy's Ballad is actually just that refrain. The what are we hiding from? Show you mm. that mm. it's actually just that rep- repeated twice. And me playing the piano, and it just ends like with like some like um, ambient sound. Murphy's ballad. <laughs> well, I've actually gotten roasted for this a few times, <laughs> burnt for this, because awesome because um, I I watched the movie Love, directed by Gaspar Noé. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I've heard I, of that. I think it's I think it's fantastic, but it's a very it's what? a it's a very like erotic. Why would you get <laughs> roasted for that? Maybe. Oh, because people were people were like, oh, it's like it's like a porn movie. Okay. They have sex <laughs> in it. It's also because the main character's name is Murphy. 
and uh, in the movie, they literally do a freeze frame where it says Murphy's Law. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Perfect. Mm. So it's uh, not very on the nose in the movie, but uh, I think Diego did it more justice. Okay, okay. Are there any Thank famous you. actors in that movie? Not that I know of. Okay. I think he chose pretty... S- I think he chose like yeah he just okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah awesome yeah that move yeah I think that movie was just like I actually don't know I'd have to check okay but love like it's just like a really it's a really good movie with like with it's sort of like a very a movie that's sort of like vignettes yeah with like this overarching story yeah, yeah. a movie that I actually really loved. And so I think I sort of took inspiration from that, trying to write from the perspective of the character of Murphy. Mm. Also, just like, you know, the feelings of like uncertainty, wanting to be honest with yourself and with other people. And then I sort of expanded on that when like, oh yeah, we were like, I think me and Solomon just came back from like um, this like party or something. And we were talking about how like good Murphy's ballad was, and Saul was like, "Yo, it would be, it would be kind of a cool idea if we would expand it and like included it on Trackstar." And so, yeah. Um. So, so then Grady um set up his mic at in his. Yeah, I, I recorded. So I have like a piano in my living room, so I just mic'd the piano with, and like with a room mic, and just recorded it. Those just those chords that he taught me. And then expanded that beat more with like some ambient noise. It's pretty, pretty bare bones, but it turned out really good. And actually, that the whole like the like rest of the song that's like written, or it's, it wasn't actually written. It was just all like improvised. Hmm. I just I just went on the mic and I was just like talk a lot. We don't like we used to. I just was like saying whatever was coming to mind at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was very. That was like. That, yeah, a lot of the best stuff we've made has come just from like, off top, I would say. And then the, is are those all your voices at the end, or is that all you guys? No, it's just, it's just me. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, we. Yeah, thank Dang, you. Dang, you guys. Thank Murphy's. You. Ba- Do you guys want to say anything more about Trackstar in general? Um. Uh. Yeah. Go for it. Um. I think that where Trackstar shines the most. Uh, is like the production really took a step up, and I I think that's that's a project where I can look to a lot of beats and I can say like oh, f- for fucking sure these could be on like professional albums. Yeah. Like um. This is a professional album. I guess so. <laughs> you don't have to be no, so nice okay. about it though. Um, yeah, like Grady and I really really put in a lot of a lot of time and like thought into those beats. So like the really industrial bangers like um MTV and uh. No MTV so and, good. Um, uh, too damn handsome, mm-hmm. and and all the oxen free. Yeah, I think I think the instrumentals for those really really come through, and then like s- slower cuts like on my shoulder and can't do nothing in Murphy's ballad, also really shine because they're very melodic. Um, yeah, I'd say if if anything about that project that really if there's anything about the project that really stands out to me, it's those, and then also just the album cover. I think I it's not I don't like it as much as the the field trip album cover, but it, it speaks a lot to what the album feels like to listen to. Yeah, because. Yeah, it it feels no literally <laughs> fucking it feels kind of we were in a sort of I don't know claustrophobic space while making that album. Huh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> a room ah. with a 40-year-old man. Uh uh fuck. Yeah. Also just like a <laughs> so lot of how. also just a, a lot of like s- like a lot of change and a lot of turmoil. Yeah, a yeah. lot of turmoil. That's I remember like 
that like fall in 2019 was terrible for me. I was I was just going through like this breakup. Horrible shit. It was horrible and just like and just like trying to like you know uh get back up from that and how long of a process hmm. it is to like go through something like that. God, I'm yeah. fucking glad that those months are over. Oh my god, me they too. They kind of just like passed unwittingly. I forgot. That yeah, they dude, I, I was like, I was like, I thought it was hut. Yo, our friends, our friends, um, our friends, Breadland, just dropped their song. I'm going digital. Uh, I, I just wanted crazy. to say that I wanted to plug them. And Ro- I'm Rohan, and I'm dropping. Grady mixed my mastered my album. Why are you making this about night? You made it about them. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. This is important though because the last track in the album called Solic, the sum the summer of love is canceled. I finished mixing it last night, and it's gonna drop in like a week or something. That's your album. Yeah, Rohan. I made it. I made it all all in quarantine. Yeah, I guess. Sweet. I guess I'm curious. What are you guys up to right now? Because you just had an album come out. What we've all been waiting for. I've been playing um, (laughs) through the Master Chief Collection, which is. It's Halo Combat Evolved <laughs> up until Halo 4, but they're releasing it in segments. So right now it's Halo Combat Evolved, Reach 2, and 3. And currently I'm playing Halo 3. Um, and it's just, like, it's one of the most greatest, like, video game, like, in terms of cinematic scope mixed with, like, balanced gameplay and likable characters. And the scores are impeccable. Uh, Martin O'Donnell, he did um, the scores for the Halo games. He did the Mjolnir themes and the remixes. And uh, it's just some of the best like cinematic gameplay you can get for your buck. And it's on Steam right now. Bungie, there were... Yeah, there were still some audio issues when Bungie first released it, but it's worth a buy. Yeah, it's a center light. <laughs> yeah, there were some audio nice. glitches, but they fixed it. <laughs> I have two mics. <laughs> I got oh. two mics. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. No, Diego, Diego, what are you up to artistically on your Oh, me? <laughs> what I'm up to? Yeah. Oh. Um, I started this um, collective called Poison the Park, which it actually has all these guys in it and just some artists that I'm friends with. Nice. And I just want it to be like this, like, well, I've described it as like, like a... Just like dumping out ideas and like quickly developing and putting together stuff and doing shit rapidly. Yeah, that's what I've been up Sweet. to. Also watching hella movies. <laughs> yeah, we're all watching a lot of shows and movies right now. So we finally just started working all together again. Um, on but the you have a new album coming out? We, well... <laughs> We've just started doing it, so like uh, uh, it will be out eventually. Okay. Um, at some point in history. Yeah, at some point in history, out. will be out. But there is something new coming, and it's kind of the longest we've gone without dropping yeah. an album since the start of it. But the n- new stuff, I'm really excited about. Nice. I'm really, really happy. It's really good. Oh yay! <laughs> I'm pumped. <laughs> Yeah, you guys should play us something. Should we play a song? All right, play okay. it. We'll play a new song. We could play it no, once play the it podcast now. Play it now. Towards the end. I'll oh, be the finale. Yeah. Do we want to... You guys could actually use it in the podcast if you want. If that's okay with huge. you guys. We won't share it I with think. anybody. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we'll yeah. put it in the podcast, but we'll I won't, fi- I won't we'll like, talk share about the it. file with anybody or anything. We'll figure it out. You guys can discuss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, I think... I do have another question. Like, 
would you guys want to talk a little bit about what it was like to be like sort of received by fans? Like what was it like to like start to cultivate a fan base? Whoa, it made me feel like a Goku from Naruto, just like on top of the <laughs> world awesome. and like like a like a total total badass. Cuz uh what attention does to the psyche is uh, it inflates it beyond recognition to the point where I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll say, you're better than them. And <laughs> that's a good feeling to have. I like yeah, that. I mean, you're feeling like Goku. If, if, we're all, if, we're, if we're all, you know, sort of talking about our comparisons, reminds me, you know, when I first went out on that stage, saw people clawing for me, uh, wanting more of my piece, you know. Uh, made me feel like uh, Alfred Monsieur's character in... Uh, the uh, the nineteen eighties French film uh, I don't I don't know if you know this one it is a uh, it it is Je vous recipe uh, it's 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 a really great underrated uh, house piece and it's about this really hot guy named Rohan uh, it's weird it's um <laughs> that's just naming the thing uh, joins a band of like five other like high school aged uh, people and they're just like f- uh, flocks of women at shows to see him because they think he's like really attractive talk about a beep oh. Oh yeah, B boys is over. Oh, we've been trying to move on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we we we've been wanting to move on from B boys for a while, and you know, I think Grady Zane and I were some of the original people who pushed to change the name from Bukaki Boys, um, which was a good move. But B boys has always felt a little bit um, like almost like toy like and like a little bit under. It's kind of tacky. Yeah, tacky. It's not. It's not what we want to go by. So the next album we're releasing, we're gonna try to. Or no, we're not going to try to. We're just going to change the band name entirely. Yeah. Um, just yeah. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna just new new like streaming service accounts. New. Can you? Are you not announcing the name yet? No. Um, not yet. We're not we're announcing it yet. Do you still? Do you know it yet? No. We're, de- we're no. De- <laughs> debating. <laughs> Deliberation yeah. is occurring. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, we uh, were thinking maybe Goku from Naruto yeah. could be our name. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, it is hard because it's a it's a fine name, but it's also hard to search because it's like yeah, so many yeah. other things come up when you. Search that's that's people. part of the problem, and I think there's a lot of like there's a there's like a foundation of fans that the B boys and Bukaki boys subsequently have like acquired, and and we feel like they're kind of there for the wrong reasons. Yeah, at this point. so we mm-hmm. don't there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty stuff like on when when they were doing Bukaki yeah. boys that people who are like sticking around and just listening to be like and like our, just yeah a lot just of feed off of that had, bad um, energy, um, well, whether it be misogynistic, <laughs> racist undertones like that, and it was it was really edgy because you know it was a reflection of eighth graders you know right yeah. that's, oh, that's for how sure. it goes. Um, and that's, even that's how eighth graders work. But, even moving into yeah. high school, I feel like the reason, or part of the reason that we were able to acquire, like, be able to play a show at the Crocodile, be able to yeah. be on this podcast, like, there's, there's, I think, I think white people like white people, and white people like rap music. Rap, and that's why, like, love that. and that's why, like, Eminem is the biggest selling artist of all time, shit like yeah, that. I think was that so being. Pr- p- yeah. Being majority white rap group going to Roosevelt High School, which is full of white people, it's there's kind of that side that we want to move away from. Yeah, and I, hmm. I think we want to we want to move away from having, you know, when, when we start, when when we look back on our past and we see sort of the, the like offensive or edgy stuff that we we don't stand by anymore. 
we can understand inherently that we don't stand by it and that we can denounce it publicly. Yeah. But so long as the, the fans stick around and want to hear that stuff and want to taunt us about that stuff, it's just not going to be fun for us. And it's huh. it doesn't make us feel... Um, it doesn't make us feel proud of our work when that happens. Hmm. Um, it makes us feel as though we're, we have cultivated a fan base of people who are willing to, to um, ignore the impacts of, of offensive, edgy and huh. things. Yeah, in multiple YouTube videos I saw, I forget exactly by who, but I'm like thinking of them in my head that kind of changed how I thought about myself, was like, it's been harder for like okay it's harder to get respect in the actual quote-unquote like rap game as a white rapper but then once you get respect you're instantly the number one best-selling like vanilla ice was the number one best-selling beastie boys and then eminem and all that and we haven't had to actually machine gun kelly is he a <laughs> well, listen, I think we all love his latest project, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> he's a little bit underground now. Sorry, and I, I think I, a bit of it is because of the Second Amendment chills in government wanting us to stop <laughs> listening to these big gun artists. Yeah, <laughs> these big gun artists. <laughs> we, Sorry, Solomon, I interrupted you. I'm not done. It was, it was the Talib Kweli podcast. Yeah. That shit is incredible. Yeah, listen to that. Talib love Talib Kweli. It was also, also Alto Nonin, Media. Yeah. Um, but we haven't had to actually look for respect in the greater music industry or the quote-unquote rap game we've just the people at our shows like you said are just people from our high school yeah Yeah. and because our high school has been like majority white it's just been like we are in such a bubble and so i think by trying to like reform what we're doing and just like completely like scrap it, we are trying to branch into the actual like music world instead of just being in a bubble. It's also living in Seattle is a is a also kind of is definitely bubble like, you know, because uh, it's it's a bunch of mayo. We're all like mayo suckers here in the Emerald City. Yeah, man. Yeah, so. Uh, I think that's a thing too. Is it for me at least? You know, it's always felt a little hokey because it's like rap is <laughs> rooted in the in the foundations of you know poverty and struggles with the government. It's like I don't fucking have that. I live in a middle class home. I have a comfortable lifestyle. So I play the Master Chief Collection. I play the Master Chief Collection, 1080p, 60 FPS, locked in. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta make uh, yeah, a rap song yeah. about that. That's your reality. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and to me, it's always it's always felt off, and I'm never gonna get over that, because uh, that's just always gonna be there. Yeah, like I'm a privileged ass white kid. Yeah, and that's always gonna stick around, which which sucks, but you know it is what it is, and I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's worth mentioning. I think a lot of the stuff you get from the broader rap community when you listen to them rather than, I don't know, listen to a ton of fans, is that they want everybody in the rap community, we just need respect for what's happening. And I think that a lot of our early stuff, as, as much as, as we're respectful now and we're activists now and we listen to people in our lives and people in the hip-hop community that that are really um, outspoken about the culture, as much as we're with that now, I don't know if we were with it then. Um, and, you know, it doesn't feel right to stand by those things as much. 
Um, I guess we could plug. I had the Talib Quilly podcast apparently is really great, according yeah. to Saul and Grady. We just um, did an episode on um, Run the Jewels. Oh, yeah. Run the Jewels. Killer Mike is yeah. incredible. No name. Yeah. No seek out, yeah, seek no out no names activism. Dad. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Song 33. Well, like well, LP was the on the Talib Quilly podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Episode where he was talking about LP, where yeah. he said that stuff, yep. and then I was like, "Shit, that is crazy!" Like that yeah. is. Well, yeah. LP kind of came up. He wasn't. LP didn't like. He's a Brooklyn kid. I'm yeah. pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So he, yeah. he's definitely a, I guess a little more qualified than we are in terms of mm-hmm. you know the content that he deals with. Yeah. Well, the, also, the other thing yeah. this like LP is also just like he it's he's ta- it's taken a lot of time for him to get respect in the it has he's always community. been like he's always appreciated been underground yeah. and stuff but like not yeah. he's popular he's, fu- he's awesome yeah I had no idea he produced all of uh, Cannibal Ox yeah this is uh, their album uh, what is so it good. the the Cold Bane or something and I think yeah, he's an underrated rated rapper like people don't he mm-hmm. doesn't come up in the conversations yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I, I don't know, like my personal opinion is like if you're not clueless in terms of like the history of rap and hip hop and, you know, you sort of acknowledge like what you just did, Sean, like it seems that that is a way in. Um, I mean, honestly, one name you didn't mention, which is kind of ironic, is Macklemore. Mm. Oh, like, man. I where could do you talk think, about Where does he forever. fall into the broader well, conversation? Have you heard his song White Privilege yeah. Yeah. Part 2? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is he it's doing? It's a little bit of an overcorrection, <laughs> right? I would I would say because he's he's definitely a, a well well intentioned guy with a lot of respect. I remember listening before he got popular. I remember listening to some of his smaller stuff, and it was really like he he did like the funny story raps, which you know a lot of like older eighties nineties rap like had that type of stuff. Um, but he also had some really like um, introspective nice cuts, and he clearly has a lot of respect for the culture. But mm-hmm. I think I I don't know I don't. It is not always the task of the white rapper to inject yourself into political conversations that you are not, um, like, a a lot of it was really self-serving in that track, you know? You put it out and you're saying, um, oh, what's my place in this this art form? Am I stealing it? And the whole thing is, why would you make a song about that? That is a, a very personal conversation for you to have with your... With people in the art form, with people who you respect and who you care about their opinion. Yeah, and that and LP that was even that that like LP in terms of recognizing like issues. Like he never, I I don't think I've heard a Run the Jewels song where it's like, damn, it sucks to be white. I hope right. I do this right. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something uh, like that. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude. yeah. No, but like, uh, like in like Walking in the Snow, of Run the Jewels Four. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite songs so of that album. He, uh, which one? Walking in the Snow. Walking in the Snow. Walking in the snow is That's what, yeah. fucking great. Just got done walking in the snow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he he like tackles like talking about societal issues as a white guy like better than any white people I've heard do it. And uh, also, he sounds cool on it too. Yeah. Totally. You know, Macklemore hasn't proved himself capable of having the, hasn't proven himself to like have that conversation appropriately. Like you remember when he won Best Rap Album at Grammy, and he, he texted, texted Kendrick, Kendrick and I guess that's, I guess it's all right He's to. Like, I shall we? I, I took y'all go out. I guess he. I guess it like. But like post, I don't think it, it was that he texted though. It's like he screenshotted the he text. He screenshotted the text yeah. and yeah. apologized. Yeah. Like, w- w- what are you doing? Omar 
was like, Kendrick Lamar was like, man, you really didn't have to do that. That yeah. was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was a little strange. I, I think I just as, as, a, as a dominant, <laughs> if, if you're a part of like a privileged or, or dominant um, like piece of, of, of a culture or, or um, I don't know, just society as we like broadly refer to it, we need to have more awareness of, of you know, where we're coming from and our possible effects. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know, that's, that's tough for me because like personally I, I try to do a lot of activism um, and I try to talk about that a lot. But like in, like just recently with my personal album that Grady's mixed and, you know, Diego and Solomon are on. Um, uh, I don't know. I have, I have this verse where like, I, I don't really talk about activism a lot on the album, but I just have this verse where I'm like, I'm sorry, I grew up sheltered and, please, if I ever interrupt you, let me know. I'm a product of, like, a very flawed upbringing that I'm trying to unlearn. Um, like, and, and that, that that's on me to unlearn. Like, that's, that's a really important thing for me to think about, that my, my shortcomings, the, the shortcomings of my environment are now my shortcomings to, to overcome. Sorry, we're, we're, we're definitely listening to you, Rowan. We were oh, just no, thinking about totally the lighting. Uh, it's, it's absolutely fine. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, Solomon, please. Um, so with what we're going to do in the future, I, I think we're still going to make everything that we want to make from our experience. Yeah. But like you said, like being aware of the music and being aware of the history of it, um... Because historically, like, white people have taken things from black culture that are cool without actually caring yeah. for black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being in the jazz program at Roosevelt, you see that as well. Yeah. Because it's, like, a majority white program. Yeah, and we've I mean, been super successful, Seattle's like, winning. essentially. Hmm? Oh, I mean, Seattle is just, like, essentially segregated for school districts. Roosevelt yeah. is... I need you to never say anything ever again. Wakanda, <laughs> 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 wow, that's that's that's. Don't that's put that one in there. <laughs> yeah, take that off. That's tough. This, that's that tough. should be the name of the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, should, <laughs> I love. Uh, what's our vibranium? Yeah, my privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Grady. It's just uh, going back to the Roosevelt Jazz Program, yeah. which yeah. me saw. What do you guys all play in jazz? Um, I play trumpet. Solomon okay. plays drums. Cool. Um, it's just this. Really no, I grew up going to Kent Ridge, kids. Oh, yeah. and it was all—it was always like the—it was always like the big competition was Garfield and Roosevelt, you know. Yeah. And it's like, so it's just this—it's—it's it's a black art form being like completely overfunded by all these white families in yeah. North Seattle. Yeah, and it's just—I don't know. It's—it's it's good to recognize when I'm like a part of it too. It's but it's. It, feel, it feels icky to participate. It feels it feels gross. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's I don't know. That's a, that's a big thing that a lot of our community has been talking about at Roosevelt is just funding inequality. How yeah. the Seattle school system is essentially segregated. Yeah. And I don't know. I've I've gone publicly said in a lot of conversations that I think the only time that like minorities will feel comfortable at Roosevelt because you know I don't know. Um, I'm a minority. I guess. Um. I, I think the only time that minorities will feel comfortable at spaces like Roosevelt is when other minorities are there and systemically we are being yeah. prevented from being there. Yeah. And that's that's the whole problem. You can't yeah. you can't fix it without um fixing the 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 racist the racism in this city at large. Um and it's pretty condescending to have 
to have people tell you that we want to do all these things to try to fix it um, and then say, oh, but we can't go that high. Like, what do you mean? You can't? That's the whole fucking problem, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if we can't go that high, then we're not fixing it. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Macklemore apologized, yeah. Yeah. I fr- oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. He, he, um, he, he absolved Seattle of all its sins. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, sorry, this, I forgot to think about that. Um, <laughs> you know what? One thing I'd okay, say about, so like, I want to Things like, are pretty solid now. Uh, <laughs> but if Mac wants to come back and do some more work, that would be nice. Uh, what's his real name? What's Macklemore's real name? Ben. Ben. Yeah, Hervia. Ben. Oh, b- actually, um, Ryan Lewis went to Roosevelt. So maybe oh, Rai Rai could come yeah, do some work for us. <laughs> Uh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Rai Rai Louie? Rai Rai Louie. Another question, I guess, just about music in general is, like, I feel like another group that you remind me of is Brockhampton. Totally. Is that, is that like... You don't like that? No, no, like an insult? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, no. We love Brockhampton. Yeah, it would be stupid to acknowledge that because I love Brockhampton and yeah. I, I'm tired yeah. of people, like, pretending that, like, it's, like, it's lame. <gasps> Rocket, no. It's not lame. Yeah, it's not lame. I'm tired of us <laughs> pretending that it's have lame. some fantastic songs. I think I, we all had like really yeah. intense Brockhampton phases where we were super into their music and we're not super. Well, into yeah. Well, Brockhampton is also a product off of being fans of Odd Future, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's so it's a cycle. We're g- being inspired by artists who are doing. A collective. Now we're we'll making great examples. Of What's that? Great music. Oats. No, 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 no. No, Odd Future's Tyler the Creator and Frank oh. Ocean and all, and and Earl Sweatshirt. You got. I mean, Earl Sweatshirt is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love like Haji beats. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know that? Um, it's it's just so fun to watch them. The video where they're doing the, the song and Tyler's got his cast on and they're all like, oh, yeah. Oldie is this is like I love the vibe. Changed of that. my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm thinking with Odd Future, there's also white rappers in there, and it seems to be something that they're just. I don't think there, there were any white rappers. In Brockhampton, yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm not saying. In, not in not Odd Future. future oh, think. sorry, I meant Brockhampton. Yeah. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with us in relation to Brockhampton, like, the we're never going to try to make a song to sound like anybody, yeah. but Brockhampton inspired us because, one, we liked their music, and, two, it showed that, oh, these people can do this yeah. Yeah. by themselves and be successful off of it and create exactly what they want to create. And so I like I think that was great for us, but I don't think we're ever gonna try. It's it's the copies. format that I, it's yeah. that's that's inspiring to us because obviously we like their music, yeah. But it, our music doesn't really sound like what they're making. So I I would say that the format of just like friends getting together and meeting and just having fun making music together that that's really inspiring to me at least. I remember, like, the summer that Brockhampton really blew up, just watching videos of them all doing stuff together and watching videos of them, like, their creative process, hearing how fast they were making everything. I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way that people can do that, can make music that fast, that efficiently, that good. Um, and, then I, and then immediately I was like, I want to do that. Like, this, this, this seems fucking awesome. I want to make music. Um, and so I, I don't know, later that, in, like, the next year and a half, I was in B-Boys. And we started making music, and I was like, oh, shit, maybe we can do this. And, you know, it's a bit more decentralized because we don't all live in the same house, and we don't all only have music and, like, work as our only objectives. But I don't know. I think they were a big inspiration for me in terms of trajectory, just what I wanted, where I wanted to go with music. I was like, this is an option. Yeah. Like, this is an option that kids like us can pursue. 
You don't have anything John. to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, you sure? I mean, I think it's no, no, no. Fuel, a lot of it is fueled by friendship, right? It's like that that, that yes. provides a lot of the energy and the fuel to to make all that stuff and have that high. I mean, I just watched the Beastie Boys documentary. It's the same thing. It's like we were just a bunch of kids. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually saw it too. Yeah. I actually don't have that much to say about it. Okay, I, saw I thought it too. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I I've seen it. I thought it was I thought it was a great retrospect on their um on their like process of growing. Even though like I I mean I'm not I w- I've never been like huge on Beastie Boys, but I think seeing seeing them talk about it. It was just a, a cool thing. Yeah, what's well, yeah. an era? I mean, that you didn't grow up listening to Beastie Boys. I, yeah. was, I was probably like eight like, when their yeah. first album. I think came my out. yeah, my mom actually. Yeah, it's a it's would old play like music. the, the, the who is it? They wrote a song, Paul Revere. Yeah, yeah, Yo. the Paul Revere song. I remember yeah, that was like one of, beat, that was right? like one of the first <laughs> songs. I, I remember. Um, like. The really funny thing is in third grade I went through an ACDC phase. Wow. And then in fourth grade I went through a Beastie Boys yes. phase. Yes. And. Oh my God! Like <laughs> I loved them so much, and in elementary school you have all these different dreams, right? You're like, oh, I, I play baseball. I'm gonna be a professional baseball player. Oh, I play soccer. I'm gonna be a professional soccer player. And then I remember like being in class and having the vision of like, oh, I'm gonna be on stage with my friends rapping. Dang! And then it didn't pass in my mind ever again, and it was only because I really liked the Beastie Boys, and I was think uh, the friends who I was imagining on stage were my f- elementary school friends. But now I have that with my friends from yeah. middle school and high school. And mm. it's just bizarre. Like, it's so awesome. I think it's kind of funny to think about, like, the type of music we hear and, like, inspires us as we grow up. Because we all grew up sort of during the bling era of hip-hop, right? Like with... Um, the bling uh, era? I, yeah. Like the, Cash the Money or something? <laughs> or Lil Wayne? First yeah, like Lil, Lil Wayne was, like, on repeat <laughs> in my house. My sister is, is four years older than me and influenced my music taste a lot. And I was hearing, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just hearing, like, fucking um, shit tons of Lil Wayne, probably, like, I don't know, Flo Rida, stuff like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, just, like, all the goddamn time because, you know, I mean, she was a sheltered Seattle kid, too, and she would play whatever. But, like, she also put me onto some stuff that I, I still listen to today. Like, she put me on ASAP Rocky. Um, yeah. She, I, she was probably the first person that, like... This is your sister? Like, Kanye in my house. Yeah, my sister. Cool. She's four years older than me. Um, and that was, like, a huge influence on my music taste. But it's, it's just funny to think of, like, the music that was on the radio that we heard growing up and, you know, how that's very, very different from what other generations have heard. Because um, we were also coming right into the internet era. So, you know, we were hearing a lot of these these artists that were, like starting to go more more digital or more synthetic and sort of exploring those avenues and not really knowing how to. Like a lot of weird, like, electronic songs on the radio. So Breadland... Oh, I'm Going Digital by Breadland on streaming services <laughs> now. I already probably. talked about it. That sounds crazy. Our friends... Breadland are our, like, internet mm. oh, friends. Oh, shout they out to Breadland. all across North America. I'll have to look them up. Some in Canada, California, okay. Oregon. Um, I think some of them live in Texas. But they're they're just really talented musicians. We met them, uh, I think through SoundCloud. We found one of their profiles. Yeah, something like that. Um, we're friends with all them. They're crazy talented. Every single one of them. Um, yeah, it's crazy. We've actually we've met so many cool artists online oh, too. Oh hell! And yeah. just sort of built this like, we've just sort of been part of this like community that's mm-hmm. sort of like. Th- that <laughs> I got weirdly well, like well I, um, like young head. Oh great! Did I guys tell you that I'm in a group chat with one of the the, the band members from Greer? <laughs> Greer? Yeah. Uh, no, 
<laughs> I, I, don't well, know, I don't know um, what band that is. I so I got I at the beginning of quarantine I didn't know what I wanted to do, and then two months into quarantine I was like I'm gonna make TikToks, and then I started making TikToks, and now I have like twenty thousand followers. <laughs> it's just like meeting creatives through the internet is so crazy, and I didn't yeah. expect that like TikTok would let me do that, but it has. I've met like a lot of really funny, talented people, and a lot of them do music. Grady, want, Grady wants my. Um, oh, I, f- I actually forgot what I was what I was beginning to talk about. You were talking about Yunhead. Yunhead. Oh, I was just saying it's cool because we've met so many cool people who've reached out to us online and, and who have made their own music too, and like getting to know just like like how big in scale like like it's crazy like so many artists right now are still just growing up, and so yeah. the future is just like. There's just going to be so many great artists, and I know so many right now. Yeah, just, like, the the like sphere of music that we're a part pockets. of, it's on, like, so many different scales because <laughs> we work with artists, like, from our school, from mm-hmm. other people, like, that don't go to school in the same city, other people that are, like, in the U.S., mm-hmm. and, like, Saul's making beats for, like, some Australian cloud rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. That's so sick. I'm, yeah. Shout out Digi Tito. Yeah, that's that's all I know about that one. Yeah, just like um it's it's so cool to like I would say my favorite music right now is all made by people that just like discovered online like songs with like two thousand plays or like fifty plays. I think those songs inspire I just think those are like things that inspire me the most because it's so raw and undeveloped hmm. yeah. or underdeveloped or developed, but like in just such a unique way that like you just hearing ideas so raw that are made like so quickly. And I think that the internet has made just like spreading art so like accessible and it has really it has really also just been planting seeds into just like what the future of music might be because like you see how like crazy the internet is about music like uh and how shit just spreads too so many like, people are like, just like pushing boundaries and well, like 100 gex i remember oh, i i, I I'm, I'm so we're so awesome we knew them when uh they had like 900 followers yeah, Kitano, rest <laughs> in peace, Kitano. Also, but uh, he, yeah, he like sent us. He sent me 100 gex, and then I put everyone on them, and then we just started playing it all summer, because it was like the most insane, crazy, yeah. crazy shit. And then they just started blowing up, and it was so cool to just to see them blow. And we saw them. We saw them open for Brockhampton, and we met them, and they're so ni- <laughs> I, they're so nice. They're so they're awesome. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you if you you sort of unintentionally stumbled upon being creative, like yeah. you didn't have this master plan when you started doing Bukaki Boys. But <laughs> no, then not I at feel all. like the idea that you've been creative and and you're putting yourself in that sort of risky space of like putting yourself out there now you appreciate it even more when you see other people doing it. Abs- yeah, absolutely. I mean, Macy was thinking you guys could talk about your favorite part about being in the group. Does that sound interesting? Yeah. We could, yeah. yeah. Everybody would get a chance to answer. Just, like, talk about, like, the process and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if there's anything else, too, that you want to make sure you share or say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess we could talk about, like, um, our favorite part, like, 
just overall the current or just like currently what we're feeling right now about the group. Yeah. I'm gonna give the mic to Zane so it's okay. easier for me. Oh, I can we'll start with Diego. I can start I mean, this off. Grady. <laughs> um I think my favorite part about being in the group and definitely touching this earlier is about just I mean I think this is also created by them, but my favorite thing to do like ever is just make music and to be able to do that with friends that I love, like it's just a great feeling. And then having that music that I'm like enjoying making for myself and have other people receiving that well, like that's that's just awesome. Love it. Yeah, for me it's just like it's just like the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> like to be able to have an outlet like that and something that I at first wasn't really fond of or even comfortable in. I'd like I was like like growing up, I did like piano lessons, but I wasn't really like super into like even like like making music and then getting introduced to this kind of just slowly just it happening over time and then hearing one of the most amazing things like hearing like people like listen to what you did or something and like in like enjoy it and like like see them like being happy you know it's just like man that feels so good yeah <laughs> like it's just one of the best things ever and that that for me is like one of the best parts yeah, I can't imagine what it'd be like just to make some music and then have people show up at your show singing and, like, your song. So your weird. It's nuts. So, so yeah. weird. It's such a, a weird feeling. <laughs> the first time. Um, sure. I think my favorite part is, like, I think there in the world are, like, I don't think I'm special. I think there are a bunch of different me's all around the world who have the same creative capacity, hmm. right? Like, I'm sure there's somebody with like the most creativity inside them just living somewhere where they don't know anyone who is gonna like show them what to do they don't mm. like have any opportunity to do that and with meeting these guys I just feel like the luckiest person because like I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be yeah like everyone brings a different part to it and everyone brings like it's already there but I see it now, like hearing one of their inputs instead of just doing it by myself. And I will make music by myself, but having like Grady's technical ability to actually get an idea done or like the fun touch Sean puts on it or the like hook Diego puts on it or the hook Zane puts on it is going to make it that much better, like always. And I feel like you guys collectively like help each other not let the dream die. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're by yourself, you made you made some songs and you're like, okay, well I tried, and but then you guys are like, oh no, let's go do this, let's do this. And yeah. There's yeah. there's no reference, and it's harder to get better when you're only relying on yourself yeah. as like your judgment. You won't be able to hear that on the. Oh no! I was know. just looking to see it. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. Big plane. <laughs> It's just a, it's just a normal plane. Uh, what is my favorite part of being in B Boys? Just like well, right now I guess it's like I'm with these guys like all the time now. Like, like these dudes are like are like the people I hold closest to me, mm. and I get to I get to just be honest with myself around them and mm. be honest to them Uh-oh. and. I, um, 
I also j- it's just so sick because I've watched everyone in this group grow so much and like since like since like I was like since we since he, when me and Solomon were like making fucking the Merry freaking Christmas, Christmas <laughs> acapella mode. Like even then, I just felt like I, I even though I couldn't see big picture then, I was just sort of like I, I did feel that sort of like it's the planting planting the seeds, but just by m- meeting these people and agreeing to collaborate. And I'm really glad that when Saul invited me over that to like make music, uh, I that that we just that that even though it was a shitty start it was still a start and and then like the people that we that we have recruited and have (laughs) the then the people that we've like we've begun working with and collaborating with and people in this group uh it's just like my favorite part is how uh inspired i am by every everyone because it pushes me to keep pushing myself to figure out more about myself and what I w- what I want to get out of making art because I still have no idea if it's like a self-fulfillment thing or if it's like like it could be an ego thing I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> to be honest it's just like the m- what I love the most is just like figuring it out hmm. yeah <laughs> really no, I I I really. Because <laughs> <laughs> touching. Yeah, absolutely. Zane doesn't cry about anything. He's badass, so. We all gotta learn to cry a little bit more. Oh, am I going? If you yeah. Oh, okay. Sean's going. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. My favorite part is uh. I don't know. Grady's basement's really comfy. Um. Oof. I, I I like writing a lot mm. and uh writing things is, is fun for me and uh I don't know, being above other people. <laughs> <laughs> Not in an ego way, I mean but uh I meant I meant that literally in the physically being on a stage yeah. above other yeah. people is a really cool feeling. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I mean, you're I'm 5'11", you wouldn't know that in real life, right? Yeah, uh, well, you're like, you're, what are you, 5'7", or something? No, I'm taller than that, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a little, you're a little munchkin. Uh, I mean, I know that morally I'm below those people, but <laughs> physically <laughs> at physically the time. Physically on the stage. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's It's just the coolest feeling in the world. And mo- a lot of it's because I really like attention, too, but not not in a bad way. In a, I don't know. I think it's just a human, yeah. a human thing. It's like feeling recognized as mm-hmm. this like kind of rush of adrenaline and dopamine. Mm. Yeah, I so, bet. I don't know. I, I think that's pretty cool. I, I I come off as a pompous asshole, but really I'm actually living in a tent <laughs> right now. So uh, <laughs> that'd be a really fun thing for you to do in like a monologue, though. Come out and just. Tell the audience how superior you feel to them by being on stage. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> 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 be really funny. <laughs> uh, how, what's your favorite part about being in the group? Uh, this is Rohan. I'm Rohan. <laughs> this is Rohan. Uh, I the last year has been really like shitty for me. Yeah. Um. Like, <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. For yeah, 
Um, I've just been going through some weird stuff. I think my sister moved out of the house permanently to her own apartment. So I was uh, just, it was me and my mom for a while. Um, my dad passed away when I was seven. Um, and then my mom got married last summer. Shout out Vince. Shout out Vince. He's my stepdad. He's a wonderful guy. Um, my best friend moved to China. And then my partner left. And so I was in a really bad space then. So making music was nice. And I I don't know. I, I had failed to sort of establish like a consistent group of friends who were my age. Um, and quarantine hit. Quarantine was really bad. Right before quarantine, one of our mutual friends passed away um, of an overdose. And that was really hard mm -hmm. for all of us. Uh, and so we were dealing with that a lot. And none of us really felt motivated to do anything. Like the last two weeks of school before it closed down, basically all of us were like phoning it in, skipping, just sleeping through the day just because we were all really, really fucking um, like depressed, really. We were super in a, in a state of grief still. So I wanted to quarantine. Um, things, things were not going right, but that's how it goes when the world's in a national pandemic. Um, I, I was like put on a double hold by my ex at the time, and then they just broke up with me beginning of April. Um, and so like a ton of things had stacked up over the last year to just make this like the worst shit in the world. Um, but I don't know. The, the reason that I'm kind of making music right now is because of these guys. Um, I, I literally would not be making it if it wasn't for Diego having sent me a beat one night in like 2017. So that's crazy to me. Um, and then Grady, I don't know, like pressuring me to go make music, like pressuring me to come to the studio. Solomon like hyping me up and like Zane and Sean making fucking stupid jokes and dropping verses <laughs> and like just sort of like keeping me going. I don't know. So when I really got dumped um, at the beginning of quarantine and everything was terrible, I was like, um, I'm going to make an album. Um, and I, I did. I made an album and it felt really good. Um, but I mean, like, contextually, I don't think any of that would have ever happened without these guys. Um, and, you know, Grady swooped in, and he, he was mixing and mastering the whole thing. Diego and, and Saul are featuring on it, and everybody was listening to tracks, telling me how stuff sounded. Um, Diego and I would go on walks and stuff. Um, Saul has stopped by my house a few times, and we've, like, played beats for each other. Grady and Zane will come and hang out in my backyard. Sean and I will, like, hop on Discord calls every once in a while. Yeah. I don't really talk to Rohan. It's okay. <laughs> we love each other. It's been a while since we hopped in a Discord call, but I love him. Um, I don't know. Just, like, I feel like I've had, like, a failure of, like, I don't know, support systems in my life at some points. Um, but these guys have always been there, which is nice. And, you know, I've always had, like, um, a broad, like, sort of group of friends. But, I don't know, as of late, it's it's been weirder how people, like... In who I've always considered as, like, the scope of, like, these are the people I, like, hang out with and I talk to on a daily basis. They've, like, phased and totally interchanged. And all of you guys have stayed consistent. Um, just because I feel like you guys are, like, my brothers. And I really, I really appreciate that aspect of it, that you guys are, like, always there. And I think as, as of late, you guys have also really been dedicating yourself to, like, learning and growing as people. And it makes me really, really happy. And it makes me um, more, more confident than ever that... I, I trust you guys very much. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Love you, Zane. Zane doesn't cry, though. Can't cry. Zane doesn't cry. Zane is a big boy. <laughs> <laughs>
waves. If we're wrapping up, do you guys want to say anything a little bit more at all about where, where you're going or about this new album? I think we play? should play Heart Emoji. Can we okay. wait? Please, can, okay. wait, guys. Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we yeah. put yes. it in the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, we can put. It, can we put it? Well. So I guess after we all wax poetic. Yeah, about that's our the best. That's then. the best way to end it. Yeah. This, here's a sneak peek of um, okay, the next sweet. album. No, we'll can, we, can, we, can we reveal the right, album name? Yeah, we're gonna wrap this with a sneak okay. peek of Never the next mind. album. Maybe I can say Cut. Next, a song on the next album. Yeah. All right. So this is what we'll end with. Um, do you guys? Do you guys want to say anything about the song before it ends, or do you like it? It's the most. It's the most complete right now. Okay. I think. Yeah. Also, stream Pretty Boy when it comes out, and stream I'm going digital, but Breadland specifically also stream I heard a feather drop and um and uh, uh above ground pool because those are the ones that Diego and Sal are on. Yeah. And also, stream. um, also look out for um whatever Poison the Park becomes because I'm hoping to get and and Avant Green and Air Force Wife and also a uh, Greedy Spores on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. This is good. I just want to I just want to plug all our stuff. And also when me and Zane's uh rap album comes out. Uh, it's called The Sweet Life of Zane and Diego. <laughs> <laughs> also uh, Well, I guess before we uh before, okay, before right, yeah, here's a Wait, can I plug someone? Please. Yeah, plug. Uh, oh yeah, plug stream uh, King Crimson. It's there. It's it's from the 1960s, but they have this song called 21st Century Schizoid Man that they uh 20th century schizoid. Yeah, it's a very yeah. good song. Some of the best guitar I've heard okay. in a long time. Thanks. Uh, Rohan's going to I've been listening do a, a, a reading from Karl Marx. Recent artist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um I I I was I want to plug non-binary by Dor not Dor, Dor- Arca. I want to That's a very, uh, good, no, very good. album. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, pl- also Dorian Electra. I love Dorian Electra. Trans rights. <laughs> uh, Black right. trans lives matter. Um, what else? Uh, Christina Rogers, you're scared and afraid. Listen to the students. Here's it in my podcast voice. Christina Rogers needs to resign. Let that sink in. Let the youth speak. This is good. You guys want to say anything Listen more? to the students. Listen if you don't listen to the students, it will all come crashing down. <laughs> I know you're. I know you're afraid, and you should be, because we have. We are coming for you. There's a there's a specter looming over Roosevelt there's High a, School. Oh my God, dude! Shout oh shout out the incredible students who have been speaking out. I want to say that it, reading people's stories has been so. Eye-opening and so incredible that, like, even though, even though it's an uncomfortable conversation, it's so refreshing to have it. (laughs) And just, I just hope people keep like talking. Yeah, Yeah, don't be silent and listen to that guitar riff on the King Crimson song. Did Jayla also go to Roosevelt? I haven't heard it, but well, but I think Sean will play it for me when we get in the car, please. Yeah. Okay, play um heart emoji Grady. This is Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm COVID dance party. Oh wait, Grady this is, this is, this is this a song? Yeah, Alright, let me just song. say for the end of the podcast, like thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you thank for you having so us. Much. It's been so fun. Thank you, thank you. It's been so fun. It's been really, really yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I, I feel so privileged to be able to have this conversation. Okay, so Grady, do you wanna yeah. say the name of the song before you start it? <laughs> it's called the song is called Heart emoji, Grady. In parentheses, keep off. Well, the the other titles keep off. Here we go.
be the skeletons in the closet.